Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? So I want to talk about something that I've heard a lot about in the industry and I think is important to consider, and it's gamification in the workplace. And Bonnie, come on down. You're our next contestant. <laughs> You're the on. next contestant on. Do your so, damn job. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you mean? We're going to spin the I know. Wheels. I mean... We're going to spin the big wheel and see who I'm going to delegate taking the trash out to. See? And next week, I'm actually going on Wheel of Fortune with a friend of mine. I'm just going to be in the audience. But it started me thinking about how much, especially with Gen Z coming into the workforce and us needing them really, really bad to fill all these roles that we have, how we can make work more fun and work more rewarding, even if it's in a kind of a small way. Yeah, you know, it's funny. This is one of those things that um, is really generational. Really mm-hmm. generate Because gamification is all over the place. So it's on apps on your phone, you know, my sleep app, my the, the iPhone with the workout app and exercise. So you're 200 per- You know, that doesn't move my needle one inch. But I know with people who are literally half my age or younger, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. So, and I actually talked about this in my book, but I'm curious what you think of gamification. In other words, how you see that being enacted. You know, there's so many different ways you can do it. I I remember when I worked in a restaurant, we used to have bingo and they put all the things they wanted us to upsell with on there. And every time you sold one, you got a bingo thing. And when you got bingo, you got a free lunch. I mean, it was just a fun thing to do every once in a while. Um, But it made you sell the things that you didn't want to upsell and you didn't want to suggest, but the kitchen wanted to get rid of. So, I mean, that's a really simple thing. Um, There's another time I walked into an or I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but I was doing a communication training for a call center. And this guy walks in and it was like, the thing was supposed to start at nine. He walks in at eight 59 and he's got this Frankenstein ugly looking trophy. And he walks in looking around at everybody. Like he's walking into the okay corral as like the, you know, he's walking in all strutting, looking at everybody. And they're like, Ooh, and he's got this ugly trophy and he sits down and he plunks it down and he looks around and he's like all proud of himself. And I'm watching this whole thing. Finally, I went up to him. I'm like, all right, what's that? And what's happening right now? He goes, I won this trophy because I got the most sales yesterday. And this was just a stupid free trophy that somebody with a welder in their you know, garage put together, the ugliest thing you've ever seen. But it was this fun, silly contest that they had every day. And the trophy passed from person to person. And because they were in the training all day, this guy got to keep it for two days. Um, But it became this big unifying joke and a fun point of pride. And it didn't cost him a darn thing, but it was a big deal. And it was a fun thing that in a kind of a crummy job. 
Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I absolutely see that. And I think we did talk about this once before, because I remember talking about the MVP for my, my uh, rec hockey team. You know, we, mm-hmm. um, we now, we used to have, Oh, what the heck? Well, Oh, it was like one of these was adult size, but one of these like for kids, like uh, a bunny hood and cow. Like, so you put it on your head. It looked like a rabbit. And then, you know, big claw cow. And it was, it's something like you'd see like a six-year-old running around in, but it was adult right. size. And, and that was our MVP at the end of the game. You know, the, the existing MVP, whoever had it the previous week, who, who owned it would then award it to the, that week's MVP. And it was a point of pride. We've actually now have like a, a, a wrestlers, a championship belt that one belt. of our, yeah, yeah, one of, one of the, players who moved out of state had made up as a going away gift to us. It's beautiful. It's in our team colors. It has some stuff that's lasered onto it, you know, and, and it's a point of pride when you, when you get that, it's just a, it's a silly belt. Um, you know, as Napoleon uh, Bonaparte, for those of you who may be not be familiar, the emperor of France, um, who, who said, you know, men will fight long and hard for a little bit of ribbon and he was just recognizing the fact that when you recognize somebody with a trinket and that's really what gamification does when you recognize somebody with a trinket of some sort even though there's no uh, intrinsic value to it it's Mm -hmm. the recognition piece and that's what that's the role that gamification plays i love by the way the bingo way of 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 getting rid of you know you know we got too much jello sell the jello yeah yeah, totally. And it was fun. And, you know, and, and they gave away a free lunch, which probably cost the restaurant $2. Uh, we didn't do it every day. So when they did it, it was it was a really fun thing. You know, when you think about Gen Z, they've been playing video games their whole life. They've been having gamification in school. It's what they grew up with. And it's motivating. And so even though a lot of people in the workplace are like, oh, that's not serious. Well, you know what? Is, is what you're doing now working? If you're trying to motivate your people, this is a great way to kind of bring it in. Yeah, and there are generational differences. You know, while, while we're all motivated uh, at a core level by the same things, right? At a very core level, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, I've talked about that before. And that drives us all the form that that particular motivation. And, and so what we're talking about really hits at the esteem level because it's recognition for your value and your contribution and how do we want to receive it? I'm, I'm sure you and, and our listeners, are, or at least in the Western world, our listeners are probably familiar with love languages, right? Which mm-hmm. is you know, how we like to either, how we like to recognize others to show them that we care about them or how we like to be recognized that people care about us. And there's, I, I don't have it memorized, but you know, there's different ways of doing it. Right. And that's really what we're talking about here is how do we recognize somebody in a way that that is potentially more likely than not that they'll feel recognized by if that made any sense in English whatsoever. But right. (laughs) You speak for a living. Yeah, no. And it's but you're absolutely right. And it's not only it's not only being recognized for the effort, but it's having something very specific to work towards. So maybe I make widgets and I put this in that every single day, 499 times in you know before lunch. And it's not exciting and it's not boring and I'm not particularly moving towards anything. It gives people also something to work towards. If there's a a little piece of ribbon or a sticker or a lunch or, you know, some kind of thing to win, 
Now I'm working towards something on a smaller scale that's going to get more out of me in that short period of time. Yeah. Imagine if for a second, if you're doing that um, mundane job of, of, of making widgets day in, day out, right? It's a routine. And there's a plaque on the wall that said most widgets made in a day. And it's 523. And you look at the clock and you got two hours left in a day and you're at 410. Ooh, that's within reach. You know, all of a sudden your day changes tremendously. Yeah, right. Especially if that little ribbon or whatever is uh, is motivating. Now, another way that I've seen this more in a long-term strategy is with streaks. Apparently streaks, like having a posting streak or a, our friend Leanne had a meditation streak for a long time, not running naked through the quad, Dave. Well, actually, I was thinking about streaks in my skivvies, but that's another type of streak. Ew. <laughs> He said it, not me, folks. No, but like having a having, you know, the most days over 50 widgets, you know, or whatever. But these this is another way to create a, you know, somebody's pride point and somebody's reputation where they don't want to lose that streak. You know, maybe gamification, gamification, gamification hasn't been around or, or has been around longer than we think. Cause I'm, I'm flashing back now to growing up in, in uh, Northeast Philadelphia, where I grew up the bud that's with B U D D bud plant. Um, no, not the plant with buds, bud made uh, train cars. So uh, train body is one of those manufacturing facility, 24 seven operation, three shifts and big sign outside their facility that said, X number of accident-free days. You see that all over the place. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, they knew, they knew that when people came to work and they saw that, their mindset went to, let's keep that going one more day. Yeah. The, the plant record is 1,005 and we're at 1,002. Like, be safe. Be safe. Yeah. Of course, 1,006, everyone's like, stick your hand in the machine. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, Dave. <laughs> no, but like, we don't want to break the streak, right? Apparently right. there's something on tw Twitter where, and I don't even know what it is. I, I don't, I, I don't tweet, twit. I am a twit, but I don't do the twit. But like, there was something about, and I shouldn't even say this because I don't know what it was, but parents uh, subpoenaing a kid's streak because the kid was freaking out that they'd lost their streak or something like that. So yeah, no, but I mean, it's the same thing. It's how do we create that motivation to keep giving as much as you can? And if it's going to work better to motivate your team, then it's the right answer, even if it's not your answer yeah. or your love language. Or that same guy wrote a book, The Five Languages of Appreciation at Work, I think is what it was. Ah, there you go. See, I'm not real familiar with it because, you know, I barely speak English. I don't want to learn five more languages. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, when I when I wrote my book and I talked, I mentioned when you first brought the subject up that I, I had this in my book, I interviewed a woman. Let me back up. So I was researching for the book how to recognize people. And I don't mean like, oh, wait, that's Anne. I could tell by her hair. I mean, how to give <laughs> recognition for accomplishments 
to people at work. And I came across a blog post um, and I can't remember her name. I remember the name of the company. It was, um, I said I remember the name of the company. Of course, now I am blanking on it. Um, well, it doesn't matter. They were up in LA. Um, it, it'll come to me probably in the middle of the night when I'm asleep. They They did snack boxes, healthy snack boxes, either for work or for home. And uh, I believe she's the COO of the company now. And Snack Nation, that was their name. And they've, they've rebranded since then. And I, and I probably should plug their legitimate name now. So I'm going to fill in with, as I'm looking this up online. Um, but they had a gamification that, that she had put together. Um, well, it looks like Snack Nation still exists as Snack Nation. <laughs> um where they recognize all sorts of different things. So if they rolled out a new product line, they, they actually had made up um, buttons. So they had a button maker and they had designed specific icons for these buttons. And so they might have an award just similar to what we did in the military, where it's like, oh, you were here for this product rollout. You get this button. Or you saved your 100th customer. You got a button. Right. So all these different sort of things that they did just to recognize people and all they did was give them buttons. And yet it worked. It created this atmosphere. Um, oh, here we go. Here I, so I was looking for Chelsea Lee. That was her. her that I'm sure it still is her name. When I say that was her name, I'm, I doubt <laughs> she's changed it. Um, mm. And she was a senior VP there. And she was responsible for the member success team. And so they came, came up with all these ways of recognizing people and their accomplishments. Um, and she broke them down into different groups, like what she called the Girl Scout badge, which was milestones. You know, what you know, thousand sales, something like that. Um, the campaign ribbon, which I've already talked about, product rollouts, or any sort of one unique events. The Stanley Cup, right? So those are the champions, you know, salesperson of the month, et cetera. Or there are evergreen things, which is you you develop a skill and you get recognized for that skill because now you have that forever. And so that's another way of gamification and get people to to achieve these certain things. Badges. Yeah. I mean, that's what you see on the apps and things. And all of a sudden I was on Audible. And all of a sudden, somehow all of these badges came up that I had earned just by, you know, like, had I known that as soon as they were like, we're going to give you $5 in free audible. If you listen 20 minutes a day, three days out of the next seven, I was like, well, heck, let's go listen to a book. Right. Just so I can, you know, I mean, that was $5. So that's money. But still, like, as soon as I knew about all those badges, I was like, whoa, look at what I've earned, you know? Yeah, well, it's funny. When when I said it doesn't work for everybody, we get we get badges for this podcast from from Podbean, who's where 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 it's hosted. Mm -hmm. I never play. I never. I, I oh look, yeah, look, we got a thousand listens or whatever it might be. That it's it, to me, it's meaningless. So part of it, I think, is making it meaningful. And I love like what you did at your or not you did, but was done at the the uh, restaurant where you know you're pushing different. It wasn't just the badge, right? So just like when we're teaching, we want to hit audible, visual, auditory, visual, and kinesthetic learning. You want to hit people in a lot of different ways when you're gamification. People are going to want it differently based on their personality. Mm -hmm. 
And based on, you know, and I love the thought of having those ongoing things. PetSmart did that. When you took the the doggy training, you got the little doggy sticker on your name tag. And when you did the fish training, you got the little fishy. So those are kind of those ongoing training things. Whereas with the bingo, you know, it was in the moment, we got too much shrimp. Let's push the shrimp, Alfredo. And, you know, and the latte or whatever. Um, but it's, it's, being able to hit it in a lot of different ways. Right. So those fish badge or doggy badge or whatever that, that PetSmart did, right? Th those are like the evergreen ones we talked about. It's like, you've learned a skill. You're an expert on fish, right? right? And I mm -hmm. talk about this with my clients all the time. I've, I've mentioned before, I have a client who's a, a roofing company and there's you know, multiple types of roofs. It's not like, oh, I know how to do roofs. No. Can you do tile? Can you do shingle? Can you do um, single ply? Can you do torch down, right? There's all these different techniques. And how do you incentivize your guys? Because somebody who can do all of them is much more useful to the company than somebody who can only do one. So how do you right. incentivize them to do that? So you can do it with badges. You can do it with compensation. Um, you know, I was talking, I think it was last week we talked a bit about, uh, oh yeah, I mentioned last week that you don't want to tie compensation to uh, performance reviews. I love tying compensation to value brought. You have skill another skill, right. You, right? you have another skill that we find useful. You get more money, right? And that and going another, back to our conversation from that last week, that's a great way to have that ongoing development conversation of where do you want to go when you hit one of those milestones? Hey, great, let's get together again. What are you working on next? Right, which also Love ties it. into you know this whole gamification. Even if you're not giving money, you know, which is a form of gamification, right? It's another form of recognition. Right, but I sure. but I, you get to wear a different shirt. You see that one work a lot. Like, oh, you've achieved mm -hmm. this level. You get to wear the polo shirt, not the t-shirt anymore. You know, I go to the grocery store, yep. and there's some people in blue shirts and some people in white shirts. Hmm. There, there's a reason for that. I don't. Some have green aprons and some have brown aprons. There's a re. I don't know what it is. It's internal to them. I am sure that. Like you might start out with a brown apron and then you earn the green apron. In fact, I, I just finished watching um, Hell's Kitchen, the latest uh, season, right? And that's the big thing is getting the black jacket. Mm -hmm. and, and this last season, this this one that just finished, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Gordon Ramsay did something different. The two finalists, he took off their black jackets and he gave them executive chef jackets like he wears. Mm -hmm. So as a finalist for the very last episode, they're not even in black jackets anymore. And so, right mm. again, it's that reward for hitting certain levels. Yeah, I love it. And I think one of the key pieces is the that everybody feels like they have a shot at winning these things. You know, it's again, not every not not everybody gets the same outcome, but if they're given the work and given the support that they all feel like I could achieve that. Right. I think and that's an you, important piece of its effectiveness. And, you know, and I said to you a few minutes ago, it doesn't work on me. I'm not sure that that's entirely true. Certainly, like, the buttons wouldn't work. But the reason I say that is I just noticed sitting on my desk, and I'm holding you, you folks, we're not doing this visual, but Ann can look at this, and, and I don't know if, can you make out what that Nice says? plaque with a pen on it. It yeah. says, Phone Systems Plus, Employee of the Quarter, fifth quarter, 1995. What's the fifth, fifth quarter? Fifth quarter? Third. Third. 
I didn't have my reading glasses on. <laughs> wow, that's from 95, Dave. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, wait a second, this thing is sitting on my desk. So maybe it did mean something. And there's a whole bunch of your little Napoleon ribbons behind you. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, my, my I love me wall from the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's, again, it's those campaign badges and it's those I survived this and I was part of this success. I mean, really, those military decorations, while I would never call them games, are essentially the same thing. It really is. It, 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 it really is. And I take no, mm. no umbrage or offense at that. And what's so funny is one of the first things you do as you start advancing is you start, you, you, you meet somebody the first time and you look at their chest and yeah. And you're like, okay. And if you, you met somebody higher ranking and you're like going, wait a second, the, the only award, the highest award they have is what we call the, um, uh, what the heck was that? The national defense medal which we would euphemistically call the I got a pulse medal because the re the requirement to get it was being in the service during the period of time when it was awarded. I mean, it was literally, that was it. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's the, I got a pulse medal. So, and, and if, and, and there's an order of precedence in military ribbons and, and medals. So, you know, like the congressional medal of honor is the number one top precedent. It, it is so mm -hmm. revered that if some, so the, the tradition in the military is the, you salute higher ranking officers. And if you're enlisted, every officer is higher ranking than you. If you're an officer, officers of a higher rank, unless, and when I say you salute, you initiate the salute and then it's returned with a salute. That's how it goes. Junior initiates a salute, unless the person has been awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. Everybody initiates a salute to a CMH recipient. And so, wow. yeah, so that's the number one. And, and the top, the top ones are all medals of valor in combat. And then, you know, it goes down from there. So, you know, you look and you go, wait a second, they're a captain and, and you know, which is a high in the Navy has a very high rank. Um, it's, it's the, highest rank below admiral and mm -hmm. and you, you look at that and you go like that's all they've achieved that's literally what the mindset becomes you know they must mm -hmm. be political yeah. you know you, that, that that's sort of how the mind thinks when when you see that stuff so yeah and, and you're right they are sitting proudly on the wall behind me um yeah with, with a bunch of other memorabilia <laughs> And for any of you that are said they've been listening to this episode going, oh, everybody gets a trophy, huh? Well, yeah, we like it. You know, I mean, why would we not recognize for earned, you know, for earned uh, stuff? Again, not yeah. a, you got a pulse medal, but having those things earned, why would you not recognize? Why would you not go ahead and do something that we know works? You know, you brought up an important point. No, not everybody gets a trophy. Everybody right. who has earned the trophy gets the trophy. And you, we set up our awards to recognize the behaviors we want to see reinforced. So there will be some that only one person has at a time, right? The employee of the month, the employee of the quarter, right? I'm the mm -hmm. only one who has that one third quarter 1995 from that company. P 
period, done. There is no other like it, right? And then there are the ones like the uh, fish badge or the puppy dog badge or whatever that, that Ann talked about where mm -hmm. everybody has the ability to earn it as long as they meet you just have to do the work yep yep totally i love it and i think clarity around how to get it is super important too to make these things effective there needs to be clarity so people can say i want that okay cool here's what i need to do and i am or i'm not willing to do that yeah and i don't we probably don't have time to go too much into detail in this and but what's important is that as objective as possible, those criteria should exist. And, right. you know, again, and I say as objective as possible, I'll go back to the, the awards for valor in the military, silver star, bronze star, gold, uh, um, you know, uh, Congressional Medal of Honor, those sort of things. There are criteria for them that are subjective. No, but mm -hmm. at least there's it's a criterion that exists that yes at some point like the the congressional medal of honor there's a whole committee that gets together there's probably multi-year investigations that go into that before um they decide to to uh um present that to somebody and um frequently what happens is they might downgrade it to you know silver star or something else because they go, okay, it meets, doesn't meet this criteria, but it meets this criteria below that. And so, yes, that is subjective, but at least it's not just a whim. Yeah, right. And that goes back to what we were talking about, I think either at the beginning of this episode or last week, about um, standard operating procedures, having those standards and having that clarity so we all know where we're going. Yep, it's all one big happy family, isn't it? Da -da -da. I don't, that's my sound today. It's the, the fanfare with the trumpet. That's, that doesn't really, it sounds more like a piccolo or, you know, maybe a soprano trumpet or something like that, but not really a trumpet. Okay. You need a deeper voice for that. <laughs> I'll get a trumpet for next week. I'm on the musical instruments page of Craigslist, so I'll look up trumpets. Right, good. I expect you to have it. Next week. See you and then. If, and if you have it, I'll give you an award. Oh! We'll see you next week, folks. Have a good one, everyone. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonnie at YourChangeSpeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them. <laughs>